The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, The man who healed me said to me, Take up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your pallet and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. And as there was a crowd in the place, afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Tidings unto all the people. And to your spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. <laughs> so we are right almost in the middle of this season of Pascha. And the first two Sundays after Pascha deal directly with the resurrection. The Sunday of Thomas and the Sunday of the myrrh-bearing women. So in a way we're able to revisit in a different manner the feast of our Lord's third day resurrection. Today starts gospel passages that have more to do with the fact that they took place during this period of time between the Passover and Pentecost, these two Jewish feasts. And so we know that Jerusalem was overflowing with people because they had made their pilgrimage into the city for the feast of the Passover and that most of the faithful Jews would then stay all the way through the feast of Pentecost. And Jesus, knowing exactly who he was going to see and who he was going to meet, when he went to these pools of Bethesda, made a beeline there. And it's very important that we remember as we read this passage today of the healing of the paralytic, that the paralytic did not know who Jesus was. He didn't have the benefit of being able to travel freely, of being able to mix with different people and to hear all of the stories that were being spread about what Jesus was doing, his signs, his teachings. He's the one that lay there by one of the pools for 38 years. 
38 years. That's a long time. You guys are looking way out at 38 years in your life. And even, even I, who am past 38 years, still think it's a long time. But this man was paralyzed to such a degree that he couldn't really even successfully drag himself off the pallet that he lay on into any of the pools when seasonally an angel of the Lord would come and stir the water and give it the grace of healing. And we don't know what the exact explanation of this phenomenon is. But we know that lots of people that had physical problems had been brought to these pools waiting for the chance to be the first to go in when the angel of the Lord disturbed the water because it was the first to get in who would get healed. And every single year, season after season within that year, however often it happened, this man would wait for the stirring of the water and then he would struggle with hope to be the first to get into that pool but someone would always beat him there and no one would help him. So it's hard to wait for something that you really want and that you really need. And if you keep waiting and you keep trying and you keep struggling and you keep failing year after year that hope begins to fade and it begins to dim and it gets replaced with a callousness with pessimism and negativity you get stuck and that's where this man was on this 38th year how else can we explain the nature of the dialogue that takes place between him and Jesus Jesus comes straight to him knowing that he's been there for 38 years no one has to tell the Lord because he's God he's all knowing and so when he comes up to the man and looks him in the eyes he says do you want to be healed and the man doesn't say yes he doesn't say that it shows how stuck in place he is he starts to just simply explain to this man who has asked this pointed question the reason why he hasn't been healed time and time again I have tried to get into the pool when the water is stirred and no one has helped me and that's why I'm lying here that wasn't what Jesus asked Jesus said what do you want me to do for you do you want to be healed but he couldn't bring himself to say first of all he didn't know Jesus he didn't know that this man was asking him this because he had the power to heal him the water wasn't stirring and so he didn't need help at that moment being put into the pool in a sense he could have said where have you been the last 38 years when the water was being stirred 
I could have used a little help. This is the reason why I'm lying here. Oh, you didn't ask that. He was stuck. He was stuck because hopelessness was creeping in. And all he could think about was his limitations. All he could think about was that he couldn't do this on his own. And so Jesus, knowing all of this, simply says, Rise, take up your pallet, and walk. Now what what would you have thought if you were that paralytic? And you had been there for 38 years. And your hope was in the stirring of the water. Your hope was in the coming of the angel of the Lord. Your hope was in someone helping you to be the first in. Never did he expect someone to say this to him. There was no ointment applied to him. There was no pill he was told to swallow. There was nothing he was told to drink. There was no massage therapy. There was no magic wand in Jesus' hand. He simply said, Rise, take up this heavy wooden bed, and walk, and go, and leave this place. You are healed. And that's exactly what he did. In that moment, all of the atrophy, all of the distortion and the twistedness that had, his body had undergone over those 38 years vanished like that. And to prove it, he got up and he lifted up this heavy wooden pallet, this mobile bed, and he left the pools of Bethesda and on the Sabbath, he walked away never to return there as an invalid again. Now, Jesus immediately hides himself. He vanishes. He does not want to be known, at least not at this moment in that way. But the paralytic who people had seen over and over and over again by these pools. And these pools were used by those who served at the temple to wash the lambs that were going to be offered as a sacrifice. And it wasn't far from the temple, so it wasn't a stretch for him to be going by the temple as he carried his pallet on this Sabbath day. And therefore he was seen by the Jewish religious leaders who knew him, who knew what he looked like before, who saw his atrophy and his twistedness and his distortion and no muscles and all of the things that you would see in a paralytic for 38 years. And they did not notice that. They said, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath to do? You should not be carrying your pallet. It's not according to our customs and our teachings. You are dishonoring God by manifesting your wholeness. In a way, they had become as stuck in their place as the paralytic had been stuck in his place. He played the same tape over when Jesus came to him and the Jewish religious leaders were playing the same tape that they played over and over again to the paralytic who is now healed. 
it boggles our minds to see these dialogues and to see the response that just doesn't make sense. The direct question Jesus asked the paralytic and his response. The miracle and the glory that should have been attributed to God and a whole different conversation between the Jewish religious leaders and now the healed paralytic. But that's not what they said. It's not what they focused on. So my dear brothers and sisters, in a way, this is a very fitting gospel for this season of resurrection. Because in a very real way, this man's body was physically dead, even though he lived in it. It was in many ways useless to him. And so the healing is in a sense a resurrection. Someone who was dead and now alive. Dysfunctional, now functional. Imprisoned and now freed. With all kinds of possibilities that can now take place in his heart, in his soul, in his mind, through the healing of his body. The takeaway, though, I think for us is twofold. One is that no matter what situation we may find ourselves in, no matter how long we may find ourselves in that situation, no matter what the seeming obstacles, as insurmountable as they may seem to be, there should always be for us hope. God never forgot the paralytic. I don't know why he allowed the paralysis to take place for 38 years. We do know, based on the dialogue between Jesus and the paralytic, that his paralysis had something to do with his own sins. It's not always the case. The gospel does not elaborate. But when Jesus encounters him in the temple, he says... Go and sin no more, lest anything else worse befall you. So we know all the fathers of the church interpret this to say that he had something to do with it. God allowed it. And then God healed him of it. He never, ever forgot him. Day after day, season after season, year after year, God remembered him. And at the right time... In the right season, the fullness of time for him, he came and he healed him. And it's interesting that he had become so stuck, that it had been such an ordeal for him, that Jesus didn't even wait for the man to ask him to be healed. Sometimes we're just not capable of it. But he knows what we need. So hope. And I'm sure that all of us can think of how often we beseech the Lord and sometimes lose hope. Our faith is weak. We see our limitations. We see the obstacles. We don't understand how A and B can have a connection. But we need to remain faithful. And then the second and final point is readiness. Ever readiness that comes from watchfulness. The paralytic, he didn't know. When Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He played his story. He didn't say, yes, I want to be healed. Can you heal me? And the religious leaders, when they saw the paralytic healed, that was their moment. That was the moment for them to 
have an aha experience and open their eyes and say, who did this? Could he be the one? Has anybody ever done this before? Sir, I know you. I know what you look like. What happened? Lead us to the one who straightened out your body and healed you. We want to talk to him. Because we have been waiting. We have been seeking for the one who will come and usher in the deliverance of the kingdom. That's not what they were thinking about. They were not ready. They were not watchful. They were not present. And therefore they played an old tape that had absolutely nothing to do with what God had revealed to them in that moment for their salvation. They missed the boat. So hope, even in the face of insurmountable, confusing obstacles, and readiness, watchfulness, being poised, living our life like we're standing on the head of a pin, waiting for God to show us the decisive moment that opens up our heart and our eyes, for our own healing or for further growth or for whatever God has in store for us because He does not forget us. He is ready to bestow upon us whatever we need for our salvation and for the salvation of people around us. So let us be filled with hope in a God who loves us and remembers us and let us be ready when He acts that our response to that action can be glorifying to Him and unto our salvation. Amen.